as you can see from the screen, I'm looking at um, uh, Colossians today. Colossians 1, 15 to 23. All good? All right. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds, because of your evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that, you have, that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we can come and we can look at your word, that we can be encouraged, that we can be um, enlightened of what you uh, have to tell us. And Father, I just pray that you would um, anoint the words that come out of my mouth, that they would be from you and not from me. I pray this in Jesus' name. So in Colossians, Paul is addressing that there are some false teachers telling people that the Christian faith was incomplete. It wasn't enough. They needed to do more. And in 2.4, it says that they were given, giving fine-sounding arguments. And here we see Paul reminding them that Jesus is supreme over everything that his death is all we need to save us. And through him, we are free from man-made laws. And in fact, if you take on these new teachings, these new laws that they were talking about, you're actually making the gospel obsolete. You're not even adding to it. You are actually removing the gospel. That's pretty um, strong words, isn't it? Thanks, (laughs) Pa. There seems to be some new, fresh revelations of truth that promise to take them deeper into their relationship with God. It's exciting. It's new. It's flashy. It's not a new gospel, but they claim it's going on from what has already saved you. I heard someone a while back sum it up like this. Yeah, the gospel is is the milk and we need to move on to the meat. And that's exactly what Paul is addressing here. So Paul goes back to firstly explain who Christ is 
And then he goes on to tell us what he has done. So who is Jesus? I'm going to read from um, just the first few verses again. And I want you to see the all things and the everything. How many times that is said? The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. There's a lot of repetition in the all, isn't it? He is the supreme one. And did you hear what Christ has done? God the Father is invisible, but Jesus is his image. And we can know and see the Father through Jesus. I don't fully understand all of that. I mean, Derek talked about the Trinity last week, so if you want to catch up on that, have a, have a listen to the podcast. Um, but we see in John 14, verse 7, it says, If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. So we see the Father through Jesus. Jesus has the supremacy. He is all-sufficient. Jesus wasn't created. He did the creating and all things were made through him. See how Paul's taking us back to the basics, just going right back to the beginning. Christ is supreme in creation. He is supreme in the church. He's excited about the church. In verse 18, it says, So in 17 it says, He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And, there's a big and there, and he is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. Sounds like he's a bit excited. And he is supreme in the new creation as well. He's the firstborn from the dead and he's made a way for us there as well. He didn't invent a new religion. He created a universe. You know, people talk about, you know, do you believe in God? God's there whether you believe him or not. And Christ is sufficient in his person so that his job was to be with us. And he's done that in person, hasn't he? So that God is with us. Through himself, he brings us the Father. In verse 19, it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. So God was dwelling in Christ. Christ is sufficient in his work. God is for us, making peace through his blood on the cross. You know this, and I know this, don't we? We know this, that Christ was, was there at the beginning... From Genesis and John 1 talks about that. And the Colossians knew this as well. In verse, says, verse 4 it says, And we heard of, faith, of your faith in Christ Jesus. And verse six and, uh, 5 and 6, The gospel that has come to you. And Paul alludes to over and over again 
how firm your faith is in Christ. So he's talking about the Colossians had this understanding, they had this faith, they were believers. And in chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Continue to live in him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith you were taught. Like I said, you know this, I know this, the Colossians knew this. Not only did the Colossians know the gospel message, listen to what it was doing. In verse, I'll flick back to verse 6. I can find number six. Yeah. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as, as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You see that the gospel is, is active. It's, it's just powerful. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. It's amazing, isn't it? And we think we have to do something. They knew that Christ was their saviour and that he was full and final. Hear that? Full and final. But Paul is making the point clear. If Christ is the supreme Lord and he created everything, he must be a sufficient saviour. Sufficient doesn't mean he's sort of, oh, he's sort of just enough. No, it's enough. We talk about, oh, yeah, that's sufficient. Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, that's just sufficient. It's sufficient. You understand the difference? Yeah. He's all you need. You don't need anymore. And here, he, here Paul is urging them to remember who Christ is. Don't forget. Don't forget who Christ is and what he's done. He's supreme and sufficient to bring God to people and people to God. Verse 21 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. We were divorced from God. We were enemies. There was no way back for us. But here's the good news. He, Christ, has reconciled us. He has redeemed us. He has paid for our way back. To make it even clearer to who Christ is and what he has done. If Christ is the power that creates all things and in him all things hold together, then he also has the power to bring back an individual like you and me to conversion and onto glory. He can do it. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But I think sometimes we forget that it's his power. He has both the, cre- the power to create and redeem and to take us on to glory. The Colossians were getting sucked into untruths that they were saved, but then they had to sustain it and go deeper. And this is what the deeper can look like for us today. You'll hear, you might hear some churches talking about this new, exciting, flashy, fancy and prosperous and uh, uh, fame and popularity and fun, contentment and ease. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like fine-sounding arguments. I remember um, in youth group, which is a while back now, <laughs> we had teachers telling us about these 
thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. And they were both frightening, the way they spoke about it, and fascinating. Pointing towards deliverance ministry and the supernatural. It was like the lights and the smoke and the glitter. But it was all just an ad onto the gospel. And in doing so, actually abolishing the gospel. Anyone who claims that you need to add more to the gospel are actually opposing Jesus, opposing his position in verse 18, which says, and he is the head of the body, the church. In fact, they're actually wanting to take on that role. They're wanting to be God. Sounds a bit like Adam and Eve, doesn't it? And when someone claims that there is an extra wisdom, you heard that, you can get some more wisdom, and a new and a deeper perspective. You've heard of the new Paul perspective. Don't worry about reading it. It's not worth it. Um, they actually replace the gospel and leave it behind altogether. When a church takes its eyes off of Christ, human authority and tradition will, repa- will replace the gospel of good news. When we tack anything onto the gospel, we lose it altogether. We don't add to it, we actually replace it and we remove it. So where's all this going? Where am I going with this? It's so important that we know that salvation doesn't come from within us. You say, yeah, yeah, of course, I know that. It comes from Jesus. But then why do we struggle with, do you know the flower? He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. Do you feel like that, that sometimes sums up your, your days or your weeks? You know, oh, today I feel all right. Tomorrow oh, I just don't feel like God could love me. He loves me, he loves me not. We need to know that our salvation comes from outside of us, not from within us. When I do good, he loves me. When I do bad, he loves me not. But salvation is something that is achieved through Christ once and for all. It doesn't depend on us. It's outside of us. It's apart from us. He's done the work and we are called into that saving action that he has done. We have no part in that achievement but to accept it thankfully. We didn't work at the salvation of the world, did we? It is by grace we are saved through Christ our Saviour. We are saved because this great exchange took place at the cross. It didn't happen in our hearts. It happened at the cross. When we understand it's outside of us, we aren't going to trust our feelings and our emotions or even our actions. We trust in the truth of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Salvation is an act that is outside of us. Jesus has done it all because... There are days when I don't feel like I'm good enough. But that doesn't change who he is and it doesn't change what he has done. A believer, new or old, is reconciled and found without blame, without stain and without fault through what Christ has done on the cross. And despite any hostility and, as it says, we were, once you were alienated from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. 
We were alienated and divorced from God in the past. It is possible for us through the work of Christ to be in the presence of God. It is possible to walk into the Holy of Holies. Just to keep you awake, if you're missing an L on your keyboard, it comes hoi hokies, Holy of Holies. For inches, but because this salvation comes from outside of us, we don't need to prove ourselves before we can enter in. It is through Christ and His supremacy and His sufficiency. If we're hidden in Christ, if we have died and now we have faith in His work, we can enter into His presence. So, if we have found ourselves backslidden, And at times we find that, you know, maybe we're not up to scratch in our thinking. We don't need to impress God with diligent service or flagellation, act of beating the body to feel pain for sin. Not flatulence, that's different. That causes other people pain, okay? (laughs) But flagellation is where we try and make right our relationship with God from within ourselves. Sounds a bit more like flatulence if we're trying to do that, doesn't it? We can't do it. Only Jesus can do it. Our assurance and knowing that we are safe in Christ's hands comes from him, not from within ourselves. We have been brought before the almighty judge and been pronounced innocent. Outside of you, outside of me. When the Holy Spirit moves in us, There is a no to-do list. It's all outside of us. It's been done by Christ. So verse 23 says, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, what what does that mean? What does it look like, this, if you continue in your faith? How do we continue in faith? How do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? We, the church, have to constantly remember the work of the cross that has been done outside of us to remember the gospel and its power. Remember we talked about in in verse 6, it talked about that power going out from the gospel. Power comes from the cross and the source of power is Christ. It is the faithfulness of remembering the gospel. That's what continuing in the faith is, is to remember the gospel. That is keeping our eyes on Christ. That is continuing in faith. There's no new truths or anything deeper than this good news. That's as flash as it gets. That's that's ease, but that's sufficient. That's all we need. The gospel is the meat that we can't move past. It's not the milk, it's the meat. Because if we move past the gospel, we don't have it. We have replaced it with new teaching that does without Jesus. And when we understand this good news that Christ, through his physical death, has made us holy in his sight and without blemish and free from accusation... We will just want to praise and thank God and want to continue in faith with Christ as the sure foundation, our cornerstone. 
our solid rock. If we move on from the gospel, we become unstable and insecure. So the warning to the Colossians is not to shift onto something else, but to stay with that supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. It's tempting to shift our eyes onto our own ministries. I'm doing something for God. Isn't that tempting, you know, just to look at what we're doing? Which is really saying Christ isn't enough. I need to to try harder at what I'm doing. It's tempting to look for a life of ease, just to sit back and have a bit of a break because I deserve it. I've been working so hard for God. That was sarcasm. The gospel has already proved itself to be solid and living and powerful and bearing fruit. Why move away from that? We are to base our lives on the gospel of grace. To remember that we are saved through Christ's work for us. Not Christ's work in us. We are to be unmoved in the face of new doctrines or perspectives. And new teaching and methods. You know, this is a good way to get people in. This is a good way to do this, you know. These new ways. Let's do a something, you know. That'll get them in. It is to stand strong. Not when people deny the gospel, but when they add to it. Did you hear that? To stand strong, not when people deny the gospel, but when they add to it. When they improve upon it. And when I say they, I mean me as well, because I know I've done that. When we try and add to the gospel, we need somebody to come and give us a bit of a slap and tickle or whatever will wake us up. (laughs) We can't improve upon the gospel. The gospel is a finished work of Jesus, a full, a perfect and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. When we are hidden in Christ, it is a full, final and forever acceptance. We don't go in and out of hiding with Christ. He holds us there. But wait, there's more. I've got some more for you. Just because this justification has happened outside of us doesn't mean that we don't change. This, justify, just, this justification that has happened outside of us is accompanied by a change of our hearts. A reconciled person has been born again and is made a new person in Christ. The Holy Spirit has been working in us, calling us to repent and believe and respond to his promptings to stop sinning. Are we fully cleansed by the work of Jesus? Yep. Because Christ is the one who has fully cleansed us. Outside of us. Not from within. It is his blood on the cross that has bought us and brought us to himself. But the Holy Spirit does a big work inside us. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Can you hear that? What the Holy Spirit does. I will do this in you. I will cause you to obey my laws. 
It's all from outside of us, coming into us. So not only has everything been done outside of us to save us, but God has worked inside us too. Let's have a quick look at Galatians 5. Just reading the first four verses. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do you you hear what that is like? Is when we add things to the gospel. We are burdened by slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised or if you're adding to the gospel, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised or lets himself come under another law other than the gospel that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Can you hear that? That's just almost a a sum up of what Colossians has been talking about. That we were alienated, been brought back through the blood of Christ and there is no other way. He's the supreme and he's the sufficient one. Christ is the glory of the cross. Christ is the hope of the gospel and we should never shift from him. I hope that clarifies what the gospel is and what the gospel isn't because it's so important not to add to the gospel because if we add to it, we actually lose it and we abolish it. And I want the grace because I need it. We all need God's grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you have reminded us again this morning that you have done everything from outside of us. So it is safe. It is secure. It is a sure thing that you have done everything from on the cross. And that you have also worked in our hearts that your Holy Spirit is changing us, is taking our stony hearts and turning them into fleshly hearts. That you are turning our eyes to yourself. Father, continue to work in us and give us a deeper understanding to this, this grace and this mercy And this gospel of good news, that you have done it all, that you are supreme, that you were there in the very beginning, that you created everything. And Father, I just pray that you would continue to work in our lives and encourage us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a uh, song about Christ being the cornerstone.